Hello, and welcome to the ATPE Podcast, brought to you by the Association of Texas Professional Educators and covering the hottest topics on Texas educators' minds today. Hello, and welcome to the ATPE Podcast. My name is David George. I serve as the editor for ATPE News Magazine. Today, we're going to discuss voting and the upcoming elections, specifically registration deadlines, early voting, who's on the ballot, and what is at stake for educators. Uh, we're joined today by Monty Exter, an attorney and one of the state's preeminent lobbyists on public education policy. Uh, former legislative staffer, he has extensive experience in organizational leadership and elections, and we're excited to have you return to the podcast, Monty. Thank you. I want to begin by asking what we need to know about voter registration. So I think the most important thing to know about voter registration are these two things. First of all, you obviously can't vote if you aren't registered. And we don't have any same-day registration in the state of Texas. Uh, you must be registered to vote at least 30 days prior to the election in order to vote in the election. Uh, the second most important thing to know is that that deadline is coming up. Um, the voter registration deadline is, as I said, 30 days before the election, which for this election makes it next Tuesday or October 11th. What about uh, dates for the actual election and early voting? Absolutely. So there, there are a lot of dates uh, around elections. So you do have an early voting period. That's two weeks uh, prior to the election. So starting uh, October 24th, that Monday, you're going to have an entire week of early voting. In most counties, particularly large counties, that will include at least part of the weekend, Saturday. Uh, then you're going to also have the following week, Monday through Friday, uh, in early voting. And then after that, the following Tuesday, you'll have the actual election day, and that's November 8th for this particular election. Within the early voting period, we also have the educator voting day, um, and that is going to be on the 27th, which is the first Thursday of early voting. Uh, we encourage all educators to either get out and vote before that day or on that day. Um, and we also encourage educators to check out with their campuses or their districts because there are a lot of places around the state that if you vote um, during that early voting period and you bring in your I voted sticker, um, you can do things like wear jeans for the rest of the you know, election period or at least for a day. Um, uh, there is uh, an insane amount of things that educators will do for denim. So <laughs> that's a great, great thing for them to check out. What is at stake for educators in this election? So not, not to sound like hyperbole, but, um, you know, this election is really going to determine how the entirety of the next session goes. Uh, we in this particular state have uh, a lot of priorities that we would like to be able to accomplish uh, within the realm of public education, in addition to many other things outside of public education. Um, coming into this particular session, we also have a pretty substantial surplus, about $27 billion extra dollars on the table. So we have sort of the rare occurrence of identified issues that need to be solved and money to be able to solve them. That doesn't necessarily mean, though, that we're going to actually be able to get everything done. That is entirely dependent upon who is uh, in charge up at the Capitol, uh, the 181 legislators, and as, if not more important, the lieutenant governor and governor. Um, so we have some priorities, um, certainly, that we can mention. 
Um, first and foremost, you've got on the table um, a potential voucher, well, not a potential, a voucher fight um, coming up in this next session. Um, the governor has made it an absolute priority out on the campaign trail and has said it will be a priority for him next session um, to try to pass a voucher here in the state of Texas. Um, so that's that's one very clear issue where you've got, um, you know, one person in the election saying I am absolutely pro voucher and another person in the election saying I am absolutely against vouchers. Um, that's also true in the lieutenant governor's race, um, which in many respects is um, the more powerful position in terms of being able to control policy in the state of Texas. Many people would actually say that the lieutenant governor is the most powerful elected official in the state of Texas. Um, so at, for every legislative session for the last, I don't know, since he's been lieutenant governor, um, Dan Patrick has attempted to pass a voucher and oftentimes has been able to do that out of the Senate, but has always been stopped in the House. This is the first session coming up where the governor is also getting behind that push to try to pass a voucher. That's by no means, though, the only legislative priority that is potentially out there. Um, we also <clears throat> have had quite a lot of inflation, uh, as I'm sure most people are aware. And so because of that, both schools themselves need a funding increase in order to be able to keep up. Uh, but also educators specifically uh, need to be able to have an increase in their compensation, um, whether that's a direct salary increase, whether that's an increase in the amount that the state pays towards their health care, which is a very substantial cost for educators. Um, you know, all of those things are about budget allocation and all of that, again, up to the folks that are going to be on the ballot in November. Um, and and it, there's an important interplay between things like the funding conversation, um, our ability to increase the educator pipeline, uh, potentially our ability to get a COLA for our retirees, uh, and a host of other issues, in that you've got all these things that we want and we have money on the table for them, and then you've got this voucher issue out there, which is an absolute no-go um, for everyone in the education sphere, not just for uh, classroom teachers, but also for administrators, for school boards, uh, everyone on the public education side is lockstep in being anti-voucher. So if you get a situation where you've got a lieutenant governor um, that is strongly pro-voucher and says, I'm not going to pass any of your priorities unless you agree to let my voucher bill through, you just killed the entire session. Um, despite the fact that there's money on the table, despite the fact that you might have uh, a house that's willing to really work on your priorities, um, if the lieutenant governor in office is one that says no, that's pretty much it. Um, and so that really is how important this upcoming election is. So that's why we really implore um, not only our members, but all educators when you are headed out to the ballot, first of all, do, please head to the polls, um, do go vote, um, to vote public education, to really keep that in mind, that you're voting, um, you are in a profession that is entirely controlled um, by the legislature, by politicians, and therefore it's really important for you to think about that um, as you cast your ballot and what is their stance on public education issues. Also, um, you're in the classroom and we know and extremely supportive of your students, most of whom aren't old enough to vote yet. 
Um, and so these public education issues obviously matter a lot to them as well. Having enough classroom teachers matters to students. Having adequate building space matters to students. Um, all of these things are so important to the state of Texas and to your students. And again, it's your vote that's going to make them happen or not happen, um, as it were. Speaking of candidates, what is the best way for our members to research candidates in this election? Right. So we have a lot of tools out there in order to be able to do that. Um, I would say that the, the premier tool that we have for you guys is Teach the Vote. Um, Teach the Vote has been around now. It's a project of ATPE for a little over a decade. Uh, every single House member, Senate member, SBOE member, and selected statewide offices, including the governor, lieutenant governor, and the attorney general, all have candidate profiles on Teach the Vote. Um, if they are an incumbent, then their voting record is going to be up there, um, and not just for the last session, but for uh, three or four, maybe even five sessions past. So you can sort of see how your elected officials have voted over time. Um, take their actions over their words oftentimes is a way to a good way to go. Um, in addition to that, we also send out a candidate survey. Uh, obviously, we can't force candidates to answer the survey, but it certainly tells you something when they do or don't. Um, and when they do answer the survey, it's got a lot of really good information. We do open-ended questions, so it's not simple yes or no's. Um, you know, we'll ask them something like, do you think that public education um, needs to be better funded and give them the ability to say in open form what they think about public education funding or what they think about privatization or what they think about um, getting our retirees a COLA. And so that's a really good place to, to go and get information. In addition, you can also find other information on their candidate profiles, like whether or not um, a candidate has been endorsed by somebody like Parent Pack, a pro-public education organization, or um, like the former Empower Texans, uh, which was an organization which was dedicated, among other things, to passing school vouchers. Um, obviously, ATPE doesn't endorse itself, um, but there are other organizations out there who, you know, can kind of give you a sense about where a candidate is because they've also done the research. <clears throat> there are other tools that I would also recommend that you use besides just teach the vote. Once you get in there and you have, you know, really learned a little bit more about the candidates, um, we also uh, have a partnership um, as part of an organization called Texas Educators Vote, where we work very closely with the League of Women Voters. Um, the League of Women Voters has uh, a website called Vote 411 that has what I think is probably the best ballot builder that's out there. And so a ballot builder will actually let you go in, put in your address. It's going to pull up the ballot uh, where you're at uh, and let you go through and actually mark the candidates that you want to vote for. Um, why that is important, A, ballots are long. Um, oftentimes you don't even realize all the candidates that are going to be on a ballot until you get to your polling location and then you're like, wow. And you're sitting there trying to think about it on, on site, um, it, it's easier and better oftentimes to go ahead and just mark those down ahead of time. The other thing that some folks don't know is that you can't utilize your cell phone. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to like do this list. And, you know, you can't actually utilize your cell phone in a polling location. It's actually against the law. Um, so this gives you the ability to create that ballot and either jot them down or just print it off um, and take it with you. Another little tip that I like to do um, is that I, because people know that I create my own ballots, 
Um, friends of mine will ask me, so, you know, they won't want to go and do the homework themselves. They'll ask who I think they should vote for. And when I already have a ballot created, it makes it very easy for me to tell 10 or 15 other people exactly who to vote for. So now instead of having one vote, I basically have 10 or 15 <laughs> votes. And so that's kind of nice. <clears throat> Is there anything else that we need to know about voting or registration for this upcoming election? Yeah, I mean, I think that some of the most important things are definitely, like we said, know before you go to the ballots or know before you go to the polling location. Um, and also um, get in there as quickly as possible. Um, you know, utilize the fact that we have early voting um, on the registration issue. Again, that deadline is October 11th. Um, one important thing that we always tell people, even if you think that you're registered, there have been years where they've gone through and purged voter rolls. So um, get on the Secretary of State's website on the election page. It's super simple. You just put in a, a little tiny bit of information and it will confirm that you're registered and it will confirm the address that you're registered at. Um, and we recommend that you do that before every major election just to make sure that you are in fact registered and prepared to vote. Um, obviously, you want to do that before the 11th, too, so that if you find that you need to re-register, you can go ahead and get that done before this particular election. Um, other important date is the mail-in um, ballot. You know, most of the uh, folks out there who are ATPE members uh, are probably not eligible for mail-in ballots, but we certainly have some retired members who are. And a lot of our ATPE members may have parents um, who are aging who are eligible for mail-in voting. And so the last day um, to do a mail to request a mail-in ballot is during the early election period. Um, but the truth is, if you're going to do mail-in voting, you should be requesting that ballot now, or you know, two weeks ago even, um, because it takes a little bit of time for that ballot to get back out to you once you request it. You have to have your ballot in and postmarked by the day of the election. Um, but again, don't wait. Um, the earlier, the better. That way, if there are any issues, um, you have a time to correct them. Money, thank you so much for explaining all this to us today. And as always, if you have any questions or any feedback, uh, you can contact us at com at atpe.org. That's C-O-M-M at atpe.org. We encourage you to subscribe to the podcast as well as leave a review. Uh, so thanks again for being here, and we'll see you next time on the ATPE podcast. Don't forget to vote. Thanks for listening to the ATPE podcast. For more information about becoming part of Texas's largest community of educators, please visit atpe.org.